this morning to a very familiar passage, and that's Philippians, the fourth chapter. Amen. We're going to take our thought this morning from verse number 17. Amen. We invite you to write the scriptures down and study them. If I turn to a place real quick and you can't keep up, the message will come up on the board. Amen. Write it down. We have the CDs afterwards. I encourage you to buy one because it would be good for study. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, amen, we didn't come here to play around, mess around, amen, to uh, tickle your ears this morning, amen, but we came to preach unto you the truth of God's word, the unadulterated truth of the word of God this morning. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, amen, the Bible says, amen, in verse number 13, it says, I can, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I want you all to repeat after me this morning, I can do all things, do all things, do all things, do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Do you believe that this morning? It didn't say some things. But it said all things. But you cannot do it of yourself according to the scripture. It says I can do all things. Your empowerment, your ability is through Christ Jesus. You can conquer all things. You can get victory over all things. You can accomplish all things. But it's through something this morning. It's not through yourself. You, yourself, and I cannot get it accomplished. It's going to be through Jesus Christ. When man say you can't do it, God say you can. The insufficiency of man is the possibilities of God. What's impossible with man is still possible with God. The Bible says that I can. But that should put some confidence in us this morning. That I can do it. I can be it. I must. I can. I will through Christ. Amen. How many times you try to do something and you fail? Because it was you that wanted to do it. It was you that wanted to see it done. And you failed. You didn't accomplish it. But through Christ, the Bible says you can do all things. Amen. We can, saints of God. We got to have that confidence about ourselves. Amen. We got to have a confidence about ourselves. Don't have a low self-esteem. Amen. A low self-image. You got to believe in God. When you believe, have the right confidence in God, you have the right confidence in your ability. Because you know where your ability comes from. It comes from God this morning. We want to look at two things this morning that the Bible says we can be. There's two things we want to see this morning that we can be. Number one is we can be saved. We can be saved. Notice I didn't say religious. I said saved. Notice I didn't say a good church member. I said saved. The number two is we can be victorious. Because it's one thing to get saved, but it's another thing to stay and be victorious. Go to Acts 15 chapter and read that for me. Acts 15 and verse 11. Amen. Acts 15 verse 11. Keep in mind that I can do all things. 
But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things. I'm keep referring to our foundational text. I can do all things. Through who? Christ. Read the scripture. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We shall be saved. We shall be what? Saved. Now who, who can we be saved who, through? The Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be saved through. No preacher can make you saved. Your mama can't make you saved. Amen. They can only, amen, suppress, amen, that nature within you. But it's going to be God that saved you. Amen. Now, we see here that we can be saved through Jesus Christ. Number two, I can be victorious. Go to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and verse 57. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, turn quickly. Amen. Turn quickly. I give you a hint. The faster you learn the books of the Bible, the swifter you'll be. All right. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and verse 57. What does the Bible say? But thanks be to God. Amen. Glory. Thanks be to God. Which giveth us the victory. Which giveth us the victory. He give us number two, the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not defeated Christians. We're not defeated saved folks. Amen. We don't get victory today and defeated tomorrow, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you see that everything come through Christ? The last three scriptures we read is through somebody. You can't stop smoking on your own. You can't stop drinking on your own. You can turn on all the new leaves you want. You can make all the new resolutions that you want. You can make all the promises that you want. But it's through Christ. Our thought this morning is I can. That's the first part of the thought. I'll give you the second part later. But I can. I can. Number one, be saved. Number two, be victorious. Now, this morning, we want to break down what salvation is. But first of all, before we do that, what does God want to save us from? Because you don't just get saved for nothing. You get saved from something. You know, if you were drowning in the water and someone jumped in and saved you, you get out, you testify, he saved me from the water. I was almost drowning in the water. But he saved me from the water. Or he saved me from that dog. I remember when I was being attacked by a German shepherd after school, my mama had, it was late picking me up. I'm serious. She was late picking me up, and I was on the ground. I mean, dog biting me all over. And everybody just standing around. Everybody just standing around. It's like a fight, you know, dog just biting all over me and everything. <laughs> Growling and everything. I'm in, I'm in the fourth grade. Man, dog just eating me up. My mama drive up in the car, honk the horn, drive up the, on the curb, jump out, and start beating the dog. <laughs> so, man, the, the students, they, they was enjoying it. Wow. Folks in sin, they enjoy seeing you fight the devil and go down. Right. But when Jesus comes, he'll save you from your, your troubles. Yeah. Right. See? She saved me from the dog. Right. Amen? When I was in Chicago, 13 years old, just moved, uh, before I moved down here, I, the gangs was trying to initiate me. It was after me, school. It was just, it was just the pressure. My mother moved us down to Florida. She saved me from 
getting in trouble, gang initiation. Well, what does God save us from? Let's see what God save us from. Matthew 1.21. Y'all stay with me this morning. Don't fall asleep. This is better than the Wii game. This is better than the Bucks, the losing Bucks. Amen. This is better than all of that. Amen. Matthew 1, 21. What does the Bible say? What does God save us from? And she shall bring forth a son. And she shall bring forth a son. Talk about Jesus. Three. And thou shall call his name Jesus. Thou shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. He shall save his people from their sins. sins. What does God save us from? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. We read that through Christ, we can be saved. We see that we're saved from sin. You say it's impossible. Man said it's impossible. The world said you can't live free from sin. The world said you can't be victorious over sin. The world said you're going to slip and fall. The world said you can't be perfect. The world said, amen, all Christians are still sinners. But my Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength and I can be saved through Christ from my sins. Not in my sins, but from my sins. Not with my sins, but from my sins. Meaning that I once what I used to have, I don't have no more. How in the world are you divorced and you still in the relationship? You ever see somebody get divorced and they still move back together? Huh? But when you divorce somebody, you separated. Don't you know that sin separates us from God? That's what the Bible says in Isaiah, that sin separates man from God. You can't be saved and separated at the same time. You're either saved or you're not saved. You're not saved. Definition of saved don't mean that I joined the church. Definition of saved don't mean that I've been on a morning bench. Definition of saved don't mean I've been slain in the spirit. Definition of saved don't mean I foam at the mouth. Definition of saved don't mean I jumped over some pews. Definition of saved don't mean that I joined all the churches at Petersburg. That don't make you saved. No outward exertion make you saved. That's not the evidence of salvation. We're about to find out what the evidence of salvation is. That way you can go away saying, are you saved? Guess what? I've asked many people. I said, hey, excuse me, are you saved? They say, well, I'm a member of the Baptist church. I didn't ask you what you're a member of. See, people's salvation is caught up in religion. Right. Are you saved? Yeah, I go down the street to the Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you where you go. I didn't ask you what you're a member of. I asked you, was you saved? Right. It's a shame that people don't even know what salvation consists of. Right. And they're faithful in choirs. They're faithful on the Ursha board, faithful on the deacon board, faithful going to church every day, but they're not saved from sin. There's people that don't, 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 just practice not cursing. There's people that practice being a good moral liver. That don't make you saved. We want to break it down this morning and find out, we want to know, are you saved? That's who's going to heaven. Save folks, not religious folks. Save folks. Because I go to church every Sunday don't make me save. Because I can sing good don't make me save. Because I know how to quote unquote cover verses of scriptures don't make me save. 
We're going to find out what salvation is all about here in a minute. But first of all, I want you to know that you can be saved from sin. That's what the Bible says, right? Go to St. John, the 8th chapter, because we want to see that Jesus, it says through who? Jesus Christ. So if Christ, if we're saved through Christ, Christ taught that we can be saved from sin. Let's look at that. In St. John, the 8th chapter, in verse number 1, verse number 1. Let's look at this here. Because it's through Jesus Christ that we'll be saved. So let's see if Jesus Christ is living um, the, the, what he came to do. See, Christ came to correct the sin problem. See, man was made pure and holy in the sight of God. God made Adam in his own image. He made Adam in his own likeness. God is a holy God. Adam was a holy man. Adam, Adam was without sin. But, but in the midst of the garden, God put a tree of knowledge of, of good and evil. He told Adam, don't you touch that tree. You may eat of all the other trees, but the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. He didn't die a physical death. He died a spiritual death. And, that, and, and Adam, he partook of the fruit of his wife, and she gave it with Adam, and they ate of it, and that's the day they died. And when you were born, you were born in the image of your new daddy, which was Adam. We wasn't born in the image of God anymore. He messed the whole human race up. We were all born in sin and shaping in iniquity. You came here, sinner. And if I come to you and tell you, if you say you have no sin, you deceive and the truth is not in you. We all have sin. And falling short of the glory of God. Amen. But once truth comes, you don't have to be in sin no more. Praise the Lord. But if you tell me today and you've never been saved the Bible way, you tell me, I have no sin. The Bible says you deceive and the truth is not in you. Now people like to use that as an excuse, scripture, a cop-out scripture, to tell you that see the Bible says that we Christians, we say if we say we have no sin, that's a lie. Because if you read the scripture above that, it says God saves us from all sins. So God don't contradict himself. If you ever heard that. And today we're going to go over some objectives of of what people may tell you, what you're going to hear people say. It's contrary to the message that you're you're receiving today. Amen. Uh, And you need to be able to have be fortified with the word of God properly so you'll be able to defend the gospel. And Jesus went out, went unto the Mount of Olives, verse 1. Verse 2. And early in the morning. And early in the morning. He came again to the temple. He came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him. Yes. And he sat down and taught them. He taught the people. Yeah, read. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. Yes. And when they had set her in the midst, Mm -hmm. they said unto him, Master, Mm -hmm. this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. In the very act. This woman was taken in adultery, Master, in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us. Now, now Moses and the law commanded us that really? such should be stoned. Yeah. But we, what says thou? But what you say? Then now, they now said. Moses said we supposed to stone as well. But what you say, Jesus? Read. Then they said, tempting him. But they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. That they might have to accuse. But him. Jesus stooped down. But Jesus stooped down. And with his finger with wrote his on finger the ground. Wrote on the ground. As though he heard them not. He was ignoring them as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, yes. he lifted up himself and said unto them, uh-huh. He that is without sin among you, 
let him first cast a stone at her. He said, looked at all those men and said, listen, you all this without sin, go ahead and, 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 and beat her then. Cast a stone at her then. And what happened? And again, he stooped down. And again, he stooped down. And rolled on the ground. And he rolled on the ground again. And they, and they which heard it. And they which heard it. Being convicted by their own conscience. Being convicted by whose conscience? Their own conscience. Why was their own conscience convicted? Why couldn't they throw a stone at her? If Moses and the law said throw a stone at her, why couldn't they throw a stone at her? Because the law of Moses said if you caught her in the very act, the Moses and the law said you're supposed to have the man. If you caught her in the very act, where the man at? Right, right. Why you just brought the woman? Right. Where the man at? So he no doubt probably wrote the law that said in, in, in Leviticus that if the man and woman are supposed to be stoned. So where the man at? Y'all the men. That's the problem. Y'all the men. So you can hit a hitter. But they was convicted by their own conscience. God has given you a conscience to let you know what's right from wrong. You might even know how to read a Bible. You don't even know what ABC is. But God give you a conscience. You might be from the backwoods of the jungles of Africa. Ain't hardly seen a light of day. Amen. Don't know what an A and B and C. But you were born with a conscience. I don't care what man say. I don't care what the preacher say. You were born with a conscience. And what did Jesus say? Went, convicted by their own conscience, uh -huh. went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man to condemn thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. So not only do we know that Jesus Christ wants to save us from sin, but he tells us to go and live a victorious life. There's two things you can do through Christ. You can be saved from your sins, but you can also go and sin no more. That's a victorious life. Amen. I said, that's a victorious life. You don't have to fall back to the crack. You don't have to have a relapse. You don't have to go back to the drugs. You don't have to go back to the smoking. You don't have to go back to the lusting. Come on. You don't have to go back to the gambling. And oops, I slipped. He said, no more. Now, in case y'all don't remember what no more means. In case you just don't remember what no more means. Remember when there was cookies on the table and you got two, but there was 50 of them? And mama said, no more. Right. Amen. Right. Remember when you was at the family reunion and you wanted to go get some second greens, ham, hot cornbread, and potato salad, and somebody hollered, ain't no more. <laughs> no more means you ain't had no more. No more means no more. Let's go with John. Let's go with John, the fifth chapter. Go back to the fifth chapter. Jesus said no more. So that shows us two ways, two, two things that you can do. You can be saved from your sins, and you can live a victorious life over sin by sinning no more. Now, we're just going to run through some scriptures real quick, because I want to show you. We're going to revisit them. I'm going to run through them. But I'm going to show you that the Bible teaches that we can live saved from sin. That, that, that I'm going to show you that even the disciples taught it. Come on. 
I'm going to show you that each disciple, all the disciples that follow Christ, they taught it. And I'm going to run through some of the disciples' teaching. All right? So let's first look at Christ taught it, and then we're going to look at his followers taught it. And you're supposed to be a follower of Christ. So if you are a follower, you are a disciple. And if you are a disciple, you are a pupil. You are a student. And you're here today to learn. God give you pastors to teach you. And it's a shame that pastors are not teaching that you can live free from sin. When is the last time you heard the last five preachers say you can live free from sin? You have it. I'm going to show you why you have it. Stay with me. But let's get through the story here. Jesus, Jesus told another man, sin no more at the same, same time. Read. St. John, the fifth chapter. Five. St. John, five. And a certain man. And a certain, after this, verse five, and there was. And a certain man Saint John was the there. St. John, the fifth chapter, verse right. number one. Okay. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. Yeah, there was a pool. There was a pool people sit around. Read. Which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bestus. Yes. Having five porches. Uh-huh. There was five different ways to get down up in the pool. Five different porches around this pool. Read. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. There was a lot of sick people laying around this pool. Read. Of blind, there hawks, was some blind, there was some withered, hawks, withered. Waiting for the moving of the water. And it was waiting for the moving of the water. It was sitting around there waiting for the water to start moving. Read. For an angel went down at a certain season into the water. Now, an angel came down at a certain season into, into the, the pool water, into and the pool troubled the water. And started stirring up the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in. Whosoever stepped in at first. Was made whole of whatever, whatsoever disease he had. Woo, I've been sitting around the pool for 10 years, man. I'm glad I made it in. I got healed today. And so every day, somebody, every a certain season, somebody went around and got healed. Somebody came out and got healed. But that was only a certain season. Read. And a certain man was there. A certain man was there. Which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Man, 38 years is a long, pretty long time, ain't it? Amen. When you Jesus been, saw him live. You've been in sin for longer than that. But it's a long time to be in sin. It's a long time to have a problem. Read. When Jesus saw him lie. When Jesus saw that man lie. He knew that he had now been a long time in that case. Yes. He said unto him. He said unto the man. Wilt thou be made whole? Will, don't you want to be made whole? Will you maybe be made whole? The impotent man answered him, uh -huh. sir. What did he say? I have no man. That's the problem right there. He said, I had no man. When the water is troubled. See, that's, that's why people can't live free from sin. They're relying on reverend such and such. They have no man. Stop relying on man so much. The Bible says, cursed be the man that trusts the man and make it flesh his arm. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. You too relying on man. What man got to say? What the latest TV evangelist said? What this pastor said? What my mama said? People relying on man. What man told me? What did the Bible say? Did you read that for yourself? No, I heard it somewhere. Get it for yourself. What does the Bible say? I have no man. I have no man. When the water is troubled. Make your own decision. Be your own man. I'm going to church for myself. Ain't for mama no more. Not going because mama going. I'm going because I'm going because I need to get my soul fed. Amen. Read. When the water is troubled. I'm to going put because my wife is going. Hold on. I'm not through yet. People go to church because they only wife go to church. Wife stop going and they stop going. Husband, stop going. They stop going. Be your own man. 
Get Christ for yourself. Know Christ for yourself. Amen. You rely on somebody. The Bible said the blind lead the blind. They both going to the ditch. The ditch ain't no pool either. Amen. Amen. Folks going to hell following somebody else. Stop being a follower. Be a leader. Read. To put me into the pool. I have no man to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, but while I'm coming down another step it down before me. Somebody else jump in before me. Read. Jesus said unto him, What did he say? Rise. Rise. Take up thy bed. Take up your bed. And walk. Walk. And immediately the man was made whole read. and took up his bed and walked. Uh -huh. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Mm, go read. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, is it, is it the Sabbath day? Is it not lawful for thee to carry thy bed? He answered them, he that had made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that, that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who he who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Now watch this part. Listen, to, I want you to show you this next part, this next verse. This man went to church after that. If you was in the condition for 38 years, wouldn't the first place you want to go to the church to give God some praise? Huh? When God made you whole, you showed up next Sunday, right? You're like, man, I got the, I'm in church now. Man, something good happened to me. Are you right? So the man went to church. Now, you would think when you go to church, you get everything you need, right? You would think everything you need is in church. That's what you would think. The temple back then was, the modern terms, church. So Jesus, after certain days, he found him in the temple. What did he say? Afterward, Jesus finding him in the temple. He found him. He found him. Probably was a lot of temples back there. He had to find them. Probably Jesus going in and out of all of them. Like he had church on every corner. Amen. It's a shame. You got two Baptist churches right across the street from each other. What's that? Wow. Now tell me that's not that's not biblical. Where's the unity? Right. Amen. Read. And said unto him. Jesus found him in the temple, in the church, and he went up and look, I can imagine Jesus walking through the door. Amen. And he found this young man in the temple, praising God. Amen. In the church. Amen. And Jesus went right up to him and sat right next to him. And what did he say? Behold. Behold. Thou art made whole. Now you've been made whole. Sin no more. You're not going to get this here. I'm going to tell you something that they're not going to talk about. Because if they was going to talk about it, I wouldn't have came up in here. Because you're in the temple. Now you're supposed to be learning this here. But since you're not going to learn it here, I'm coming up in here to tell you. Sin no more. Jesus had to go up in the church and tell him something he's supposed to already be learning up in there. Now if Jesus had confidence that he was going to get it, why would you have to go up in there and tell him that? He said, oh, he in church. He, oh, he good. He good. Let me focus on somebody else. No, he had to go up in there among them hypocrites and tell them, what? Sin no more. Because the hypocrite's saying, we can't help but to sin. The Lord knows our heart. And, and we're going to, we fall down, but we get up. Go ahead, read. Jesus said, go and sin, sin no, no more. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Would God tell somebody to do something if he knew that he couldn't do it? Why would God put such a demand on somebody if he knew that it was going to fall. Why would God set us up for failure when he said we can do all things through him? Why would God set a person up for failure? If he told you to go sin no more, then he, there's a grace that he has in him. This is a victorious grace in Christ Jesus that you can have a power that you can say no to temptation. You can say no to sin. 
it just came upon me and I just found myself doing it. No, the Bible, the Holy Spirit is quicker. He brings it to our knowledge and quicker than any temptation can come. It tells us to cast down every temptation, start with a thought. But that's, that's the next point, the victorious life. You can live a victorious life. Amen. We're coming up to that part because, see, that's the how-tos of living free from sin. When we get to the I can be victorious, now I'm going to show you the how-tos. I'm going to give you the tools of living free from sin. See, I'm just not here to preach a good message on Daniel in the lion's den, three heroes, yeah, and the organ going, the piano going, and everybody rocking on their feet, and the tambourine going, hallelujah. Girl, we sure had church up in there. Woo-hoo! We sure had some church. But you ain't getting nothing. The only thing you got was repentance. That's as far as they go. As far as these preachers go today is, is repentance, church membership classes, and you're a member. But they don't give you the how-tos of being sanctified. They don't give you the how-tos of cleaning out your heart and getting that root out and getting victory over sin, getting victory over lust. They don't give you the how-tos. These modern-day Protestant churches ain't no more than, no better than the Catholic church. They give you a, a little feed you a little bit, but you're coming back for confession again. Come back for confession again. Come back for, for confession again. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord be with thee. Bless the Lord, my woman. Bless the fruit of our own Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. What's the difference? You're going to church and say, Lord, forgive me, I sinned this week. What's the difference? What's the difference? Same image. Same spirit. Christ didn't come for nothing. In the Old Testament, that's what they did every year. As we're learning on Wednesday night about the temple, sacrifices. They offered a sacrifice every year for sin. In the Old Testament, they couldn't live a victorious life. We're going to get to it. But we see Jesus said, go and sin no more less a what? Worst thing come unto thee. His disciples learned from him. Christ taught his disciples. After they became followers, Jesus said, learn of me. For I am meek and lonely in heart, you shall find rest for your soul. The Bible says you have so much not learned Christ. So if you are a disciple, if you are a believer, if you have asked God to forgive you from sin, and you've been living victorious from this this point, now it's time for you to learn the how-tos of salvation. If you don't have these tools, you're going to find yourself slipping and cursing, slipping and lusting, taking a second look. Amen. You're going to find yourself having dirty thoughts, not casting them down, but fantasizing after them and thinking about Billy and Judy and what you could have had and should have had. So now God will give you the how tools. But before we get there, we want to show you that his followers believe the same thing he taught because they taught it. First, let's look at Paul. Paul was a follower of Christ. He wasn't physically with Christ, but he was a, he came after Christ. He was an example. He followed his teaching. Romans, the sixth chapter in verse number one. Romans, the sixth chapter, verse number one. Turn there and read it with your eyes. Read it, read it, read it. What shall we say then? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Shall we continue on? Continue on. In sin. In sin. That grace may abound. That grace may abound. God forbid. What did it say? God forbid. God forbids that. Right. Read. How shall we that are dead to sin How live shall any we longer there? How shall we that are dead to sin 
live any longer therein. Know ye not. The opposite of life is death. Does sin have life yet in you? Because it said, are you dead to sin? Once something dead in your life, they don't come back. Amen. Something dead, you don't have any more contact with it. Amen. There's relatives of mine that have passed on. The only thing I do have is a memory. But I have physical contact with, with them. When sin dies in your life, it ceases to exist. Now, Paul taught this. Let's see if Peter taught it. We see Paul taught it, right? He said, shall we continue in sin? God forbid that we continue in sin. Let's see if Peter also. Peter was a follower of Christ. He was, he was the one that leaned on Christ's breast. He was the one, amen, the, that Christ asked, lovest thou me more than these? Let's see what Peter wrote. 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 21. 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 21. For even here unto were ye called. For even here unto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us. Because Christ also suffered for us. Leaving us an example. He, Christ left you an example. That ye should follow his steps. That ye should live uh, his life. Follow his steps. Who did no sin. Who did what? No sin. Who did what? No sin. Is that what God said? Is that what Peter said? Peter said what Christ said. Christ said what God said. God, Christ said, I can of my own self do nothing. Huh? Go to first, go St. John 5 and 30. Watch this. Look at what the words say. St. John, the fifth chapter, verse number 30. Write the scriptures down. Take them home. Study the word of God. Amen. First John, the fifth chapter, verse number 30. What did Jesus say about his father? Because see, even Christ, he was in the flesh. And Christ could not live this without the Father's help. Amen. Read what it say. I can of my own self do nothing. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear. See, you can't of your own self do nothing. Right. As Jesus said, as I what? Hear. Hear. I judge. See, you need to hear this type of preaching. The Bible said faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. Jesus heard it from his Father. He was able to live it out. He said, as I hear. I judge. Then I judge. And my judgment is just. You know what? People got wrong judgment. Oops, I slipped in sin. Well, that was the wrong judgment. My judgment is righteous. My judgment is just read. Because I seek not mine own will. That's the problem people have today. Their will is not submitted to God. The reason why people cannot live free from sin is because they have not submitted their will. They're not willing to hear and listen and be willing to obey. The reason why, amen, you cannot live free from sin is because you have not submitted your will to God. And you're not willing to listen. Some folks just don't listen. People are stubborn and set in their ways. Now they use Christ as an excuse. The Lord knows my heart. Amen. Read. But the will of the Father which has sent me. I do the will of the Father which has. So we see that, Je we see that Jesus taught it. We see Paul taught it. We see Peter taught it. Now let's see if John taught it. Y'all remember John? Yeah. Amen. He wrote the book of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. St. John, Mr. Amen. Mr. John that followed Christ, a disciple. St. John wrote the book 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Go to 1st John, the 3rd chapter, verse number 4. 1 John, the third chapter, glory be to God. 1 John, the third chapter, and verse number four. What does it say? Whosoever committed sin. Amen. I'm sorry I'm going so fast. Amen. If you can't keep it up, that's okay. That's okay. Whosoever commits sin, what does it say? 
is of the devil. Is of the, I'm sorry, no, brother, verse number four. Whosoever verse, committed sin transgresses also the law. Whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Now, let's skip down to verse number nine. Amen, because we're just checking out that these disciples, if they are all on the same page, right. you got to get on the same page as Christ. Amen. Christ is on the same page as God. Amen. Amen. You got to get on the line. You got to line your life up. We are built on the foundation in the, of, of the prophets and the apostles, and Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. Than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of the church. He is the foundation of the doctrine. The Bible says there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism. But what's the faith? A faith is a teaching, a doctrine, a belief. But why we have so many out here today? Because of false prophets. Paul said, after my departing, grievous wolves going to come in and enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Jesus said, beware of false prophets. Sure. The disciple says, what shall be the sign of the end of the world and what shall be the sign of thy coming? He said, the first thing that came out of his mouth was beware of false prophets. Amen. Well, you got everybody say they right. Everybody, every church say they right. And what you don't have no knowledge, you don't have no knowledge, so you can't discern right from wrong. Because you, you lack knowledge. Knowledge is, lack of knowledge is ignorance. But when you have knowledge, you have power. When you have knowledge, you can tell right from wrong. You can see wrong coming before it get to you. And I'm going to teach you the word of God so it's sharpening up your discernment so you can know right from wrong. So you don't be go to hell and follow some man. You get before God and you say, Lord, Lord, I was part of Reverend Johnson's church. You know Reverend Johnson. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I joined the church. He opened the doors for me, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. He opened the doors for me. I was a faithful member. I did a lot of work, Lord. Huh? And God going to look in his record book. He's going to say, who you said now? Reverend John, Lord. He's going to say, let me see. Reverend John. Reverend Johnson. Oh. Uh-huh. I put him in hell yesterday. He died at 3 o'clock. Did you know that? Uh, where you going? If he put him in hell, where you going? Because you know what? There's false prophets in hell. You don't believe that? Preachers going to hell. I said preachers are going to hell. The Bible says it. I'm going to show it to you. Revelation. Give me quickly. Let's, let's detour here for a second. Revelation the 20th chapter, I believe it is. Let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what the Bible says. Pass the seed out to many people as you can. Amen. Spread the word, the good news. Amen. What does the Bible say in Revelation the 20th chapter? Amen. Brother, and read verse where the false prophets are. Verse number uh, let's see here. Verse number, and the devil that deceived was cast in the lake. Verse 10. Verse 10, thank 20, you. 2010. 20 and, and the devil, 10. And the devil that deceived them. See, the devil is a deceiver. The devil that did what? Deceived them. You think you're right, but you're wrong. Isn't that something? Folks think they're right. You can't tell them they're wrong. They'll fight you. They fight you telling you they're wrong. They end up fighting you and getting out of order and putting their religion on the shelf for a second and beat you up and they go ask God to forgive them and call you later and say, forgive me. But you beat up. Huh? 
people fight you because they feel they right. Because of who deceived them? The devil deceived them. Read. Was cast into the lake of fire. Was cast into the lake of fire. And brimstone. And brimstone. Where the beast. Where the beast. And the false prophet are. Who's there? False prophet. I'm going to show you how to identify false prophets today. Y'all want to know? I'm going to show you how to identify a false prophet. You want to know? Well, you stay with me. I'm going to teach you this day. Amen. And, and, and go back here. So we see that Jesus taught it. Paul taught it. Peter taught it. Now let's see what John has to say about it. St. John, 1 John, the third chapter, and read verse number 9. I hope you held your finger. Whosoever is born of God. Whosoever. This is chapter, this is 1 John 3 and 9. Go yes. back two books from Revelation and go to 1 John. 1 John uh, chapter 3 and verse number 9. What does it say? Whosoever is born of God. Whosoever is born of God. Does not commit sin. Do not. Isn't that something? People say, I've been born again. The Bible says, whosoever is born of God. Does not commit sin. What's your Bible say? Do not what? Does not commit sin. What that screen say? What's your Bible say? Do not what? What's your Bible say, bro? Does not commit sin. Anybody got in the Bible that say something different? Huh? But everybody got the same Bible in St. Peter. St. Peter's full of churches, but St. Peter's full of sin. We got more churches than the taverns, more churches than the liquor stores, more churches than the whole houses. But the world is worse, in the worst condition it has ever been in. Because the preacher's not teaching them that they can live free from sin. That's the problem today. People are not being taught that they can live free from it. So they fall to it and oops and slip and go back a week later and get back reclaimed after they did some dirty dirt. People don't have this knowledge that you can live free from sin. They say it's impossible to live free from sin. They say, no, no one sinneth not. They say, no one is not perfect. Look at the first Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verse 34. Let's look at further. Let's look at what Paul had to say about people that are ignorant to this, to this fact. Amen. Now, I'm not here to down you if you don't have this knowledge. I'm not here to ridicule you if you don't have this knowledge. But if you don't have this knowledge, you don't have it, and you can get it. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and verse number 34, let's see what, let's see what uh, 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 Apostle Paul had to say about having the knowledge of this topic. Awake to righteousness. He said, wake up, smell the coffee. You ever heard that expression? In other words, come to reality. In other words, get with it. Paul is saying... Get out your sluggishness. Get out your, you know, a person that's asleep, they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. People are comfortable in their con spiritual conditions. They don't want to change. Wow. So Paul's saying, snap out of it. Awake to righteousness. Wake up. Stop being, stop being ignorant. Right. Stop, being, stop being without knowledge. Wake up. Don't be sluggish on this matter. Don't be lazy about this here. Wake up and what? To righteousness. Wake up to righteousness. And sin not. And sin a little bit. Not. Sin every now and then. Not. Slip and fall. And what did the next part say? 
For some have not the knowledge of God. That's the part I want to get to. So some have not this knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And he said, in other words, in modern terms, man, it's a shame that y'all don't have the knowledge. Amen. That's what he's saying. Knowledge is power. He said, it's a shame you don't have it. He said, I speak it because it's a shame that the people don't have I'm going to show you why people don't have it. People do not have this knowledge, and they're using modern-day excuses as, as for their sins, and I'm going to run through some modern-day excuses that people use. They take the Bible and justify their sinning. They'll take the Bible and justify sinning. First of all, this is one of the scriptures they will use for you on you. 1 Kings 8.46. 1 Kings 8.46. 1 Kings 8.46. I've heard this. You've been saved long enough, and you tell people they can live free from sin. You'll hear this too. 1 Kings 8.46. Y'all stay with me a little while long. I'm not going to be as bad as long as the bucks, but I'm going to be trying to be a little shorter this morning. Amen. But stay with me, praise God. If they sin against thee. If they sin against thee. For there is no man that sinneth not. Ah, that's what they say. Man, the Bible said there's no man that sinneth not. Man, what are you talking about? You tell me I can live free from sin. My Bible tells me there's no man that sinneth not. I read that in the Bible myself. There's no man that sinneth not. Let's look at another, another scripture they use, and I'll explain it all here in a minute. Ecclesiastes, the seventh chapter and verse 20. They'll tell you, man, there's no man. The Bible said there's no man that sinneth not now. No man, no man now. Ecclesiastes, the 7th chapter, because see, God's word don't contradict itself. We just read that whosoever is born of God, sin him not. This scripture tells you there's no man that do not sin. So now that seemed like a contradiction to me. So now you need to learn and be able to break this down is what is he talking about? Because the Bible said in 1 Kings that there's no man that sinneth not. Then we read over in uh, 1 John, whosoever is born of God, do not commit sin. Now that conflicts. So pastor, break it down. Break it down. Let's look at another scripture that people will use, uh, amen, to justify their sin. Because they'll use the Bible now. And, and Ecclesiastes 7, chapter and verse 20. What does the Bible say? For there is not a just man upon earth. There ain't nobody upon this earth. That doeth good. That can do good. And sinneth not. And still don't commit a sin every now and then. I told you it's in the Bible. There's not a just man that doeth good and don't commit a sin. Man. Man, what you talking about, dog? There ain't no man that do it. Right. We all commit sin, dog. They how to talk today? They'll, 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 they'll try to bag you up in the corner. Right. If you don't know the truth, it won't set you free now. Right. Huh? You get in the jam. Now, look at the Romans. Let's look at Romans. Seven chapter, verse 19 and 20. Romans the seven chapter, verse 19 and 20. Then I, I'm going to explain all that. For the good that I would... Romans, see, now, this is another scripture that people use. They say, well, Paul sinned. Paul had sin in him. I'm going to take it to the place. I'm going to take it in Romans, the seventh chapter. Paul said, there's sin in me. You ever heard people say that? Paul said, the good I do, I do not, because there's sin inside of me. So if there was sin inside of Paul, there's sin inside of me. For the good that I would. Look what Paul said. He said, the good that I would do. I do not. I don't do it. See, I told you, that's me, man. I try to do good every time I do I don't do it. Read. But the evil which I would not. The evil that, the evil that, the evil that I wouldn't do. That I do. That I end up doing. Read. Now, if I do that, I would not. And if I do that which I wouldn't normally do. 
It is no more that I that do it. It's not me that's doing it. But sin that dwelleth in me. But there's sin in me. That's what people use that scripture. There's sin in me. So Paul said there was sin in him, and there's sin in me. Well, let's 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 step back for a moment, and let's let's we're gonna sum up all these scriptures here. We're letting you know that Paul was talking about when he lived under the law. First Kings is Old Testament. Ecclesiastes is Old Testament. Under the law of Moses, they couldn't live free from sin. That's the purpose of Christ came to correct the imperfection of man. If it wasn't for Christ coming, if you couldn't live free from sin, then there was no purpose for Christ coming and dying. Because you were doing no different than what they did in the Old Testament by offering up sacrifices for their sin every other day. But Christ came, he died in Hebrews and says, he died once and for all. So we don't have to put him back on the tree again. Read Romans the third chapter, verse 19, because this is going to sum up all that. Now, hold on. You, are you still in Romans the seventh chapter? Now, look at verse number one. Because Paul, see, people don't always go back and read the beginning of the chapter to get an understanding of what Paul was really talking about. So go back to verse number one, and let's see what Paul was really talking about. Know ye not. Know ye not what? Brethren. Brethren. For I speak to them that know the law. See, he's talking about the law. In other words, he's speaking to them that know about how the law was ran. Do you know the law? I speak to them that know the law. Now read, read verse number five. For when we were in the flesh, uh-huh. the motions of sin, the motions of sin, which were by the law. Paul, let's speak, this whole chapter is dealing with when he was under the law. Right. Uh, he wasn't under grace. He was under the law. Go to, go to Romans, the third chapter, brother. Romans, the third chapter. And let's look at verse 19 and 20. Go back to Romans, the third chapter. Now we know. Now we know. That what things soever the law saith. Now we know whatsoever things the law said. It said to them who are under the it law. It said to those who lived under that time period. Right, right. It said unto them that lived under that dispensation. Good. So when we read in 1 Kings that there's no man that said not, it said to them that was under kings right. in that time period. Right. But thank God we ain't under the law anymore. Brother, I'm showing you the word where we are today. In Ecclesiastes, what was that? Under the law. He said, now we know. Now we, oh, now we know. Now we have the know. Now we have the knowledge, the knowledge. That whatsoever things the law said, it was talking about them that were under the law, that every mouth may shut their mouth. This every mouth may be stopped. Because folks under grace still talk about, man, we can't live free from sin. God said, I came to shut the mouths. That their mouths may be shut, and all the world now becomes what? Guilty before God. God is not winking at the sin anymore. He winked at that. Go to Acts 17 real quick. Acts 17 chapter real quickly and verse number 5. See, God, God winked at it before. God winked at ignorance before. But he is not winking at ignorance now. In Acts 17 chapter, in verse number 30, what does the Bible say? At the times of this ignorance. In the time of this what? Ignorance. When you didn't have the, know, the knowledge, the knowledge. At the time of this ignorance, what? God winked at. See, God winked at some things. In other words, God excused some things. 
But he said in verse number 20, in Romans the third chapter, verse 20, he said that every mouth may be what? Stopped. Stop and become, the world may become guilty before God. Read verse 21. Acts, I'm but sorry. But now the right. I'm sorry, maybe going a little bit too fast. Let me slow down. Let me slow down. There's so much to learn in so little time. Jesus is on his way back. We don't have a lot of time. We live in a fast age world. People learn technology so fast. Commercials go through people, man, people go through 100 commercials a day. And they learn so much. But go to church, you're going too fast. Well, you get the tape and go over and over again. Amen. I need to get everything because you might get a part and somebody else may get another piece and you go back and get it later and you may get it another time. So you stay with me this morning and the Holy Spirit will give you your part this morning. Amen. That's the comfort there. Now go to verse number 20. What does it say? Therefore, Therefore by the deeds by of the, the law. By the deeds, the actions of the law. There shall no flesh be justified in no his sight. No flesh was justified in the sight of God. For by the law, but, but for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Is the knowledge of what? Sin. The knowledge, the knowledge, the knowledge of what? Sin. sin. Read. But now the oh, righteousness hold of on. God. Let's see the first two verse words there. Stay with me, everybody. Everybody, everybody, read these first two words. But what? But now. Everybody say it again. But now. Everybody say it again. But now. We ain't back then. We but now. But now, the, the righteousness, righteousness of God, without the law, being acted out without the law, is manifested. Lead the law out. Lead the law out of this. Right. It's being manifested being, in my life. Being witnessed. Being witnessed. By the law. By the law. And the prophets. And the prophets. Is your life a witness? Amen. Amen. Is your life a true witness? By the law and the prophets. Amen. Because they wish for this day to come. And it's come, it's here, and we still trying to live under the law? No. You can live free from sin. I said again, you can live free from sin. You can live free from sin. I say you can live free from sin. Say, I can. I can live free from sin. It's all about how you think. If you think you can't, you won't. Now, there's another scripture that people use as an excuse as to why they can't live free from sin. That's 1 John, the first chapter. 1 John, 1 John, the first chapter, turn in, verse number 8. 1 John, the first chapter, and verse number 8. I'm just giving you these modern-day biblical good scriptures, and they have their own meaning in their place, but people use them out of context. If we say, if we say that we have no sin, that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We see, I told you, man. If you sit up here and tell me that you ain't got no sin, you deceiving yourself. And the truth is not in and us. And the truth is not in you. Well, let me go back to verse number seven. What does verse seven say? But if we walk in the light, if we walk in the light of God's as he word, is in the light, if we walk in the light of God's word, as God is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Wash up, not some of our sins, but he washed away all of our sins. He saved us from them. Now, why would the next verse say, if you say you don't have none, you're deceived? What it's saying is, if you say you have none to be cleansed of, 
in the first place. Because if you look at the seventh verse, it says he cleanses us from all sin. But you're telling me you don't have no sin to be cleansed from. That's a person that's deceived. But after you get your sins cleansed from, there's no reason for you to say, I have nothing to be cleansed from. I mean, there's no reason to say, I have any sin. Why? Because you've been cleansed from them. This is talking about somebody that has never been saved, and they come in contact with truth, they come in contact with the word of God, and they sit up there and fight you and say, well, man, I ain't got no sin. I don't do nothing. I ain't got no sin to be cleansed from. They don't understand that they're deceived. Now, going back to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verse 34, Paul said, they that are without knowledge is a shame. People feel that they can still sin and go to heaven. But I say, if you can sin and still go to heaven, well, tell me, tell me, Mr. Imante, what do you have to do to go to hell? That's a good question, ain't it? If I can sin and still go to heaven, what do I got to do to go to hell? Because you notice that everybody roll down an aisle in a casket. Most nine times out of ten, preacher get up and talk about how they made it into the pearly gates. Oh, John, John the church at an early age. He was in the choir, and he's in the arms of Jesus. It's just to make y'all family members feel good. John just over the old dude don't crack. John just got shot in a, in a game way because of his lifestyle. But people say, if I can sin, I sin, I still go to heaven. Because it's sad to say that there's some denominations that teach that once you got saved, you always saved. Once you repented and confessed Jesus Christ in your life, because he's an everlasting father, he's an eternal God, and you got eternal life, see? So that means... That I have now a license, a religion just gives people a license to commit sin at will. But I've been repented, I've repented, I've got saved. I'm secure. I'm eternally secure. You're only eternally secure until you commit sin. Sin separates you. Because God told Asa, I'll be with you as long as you be with me. But when you forsake me, God said, I'm going to forsake you. And there's many questions that say that. In, in Numbers, the 33rd chapter, God said, whoever sinned, I will blot him out of my what? Out of my book. So that 